Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron of Biblical Archaeology Today. I am so very grateful you're here with us, and I am thankful to be your host. Hey, join us over at New Life of Albany, Georgia on YouTube and Facebook as well for a lot of other things. But uh, my concentration's been archaeological in some sense for a couple decades now. And so we're in Archaeology Magazine, September, October, 222, and looking at this fascinating find that they've discovered in the, you know, the Valley of the Kings, Thebes, and all of this about Amenhotep. And so there's a lady, Sarosian, that said, man, in the 90s, let's, let's see what we can find here. And she's really led the charge. So let's get started. Listen to our other podcast, if you don't mind. Please leave us a five-star review. It helps people find us. And uh, join us as often as you can, daily, or a lot of people join us every two or three weeks and kind of catch up, because most of them are kind of shorter, you know. So again, let's get started. The focus of Serasian's project is mainly conservation rather than excavation, but she's occasionally found it necessary to dig in certain areas. We have emergency cases to solve, but in order to conserve, we have to excavate to identify the objects need to be conserved. Because she's saying that they just had these two massive statues, and now they found all kinds of stuff digging under the flooded alluvial plain. While cleaning and digging, we discovered so much. In the beginning, I could have never imagined there were so many things left to discover. And I think that's worldwide. Within the temple precinct, Sarosian and her team have unearthed tens of thousands of sculpture fragments that attest to the grandeur of the temple's artistic program. Its halls and courts once teemed with hundreds, perhaps thousands, of statues. Because Amenhotep III's reign was so prosperous, and because they had so many brilliant sculptors and artists in the workshops, they could produce so many sculptures, said Sarasian, and each of them is an all-time masterpiece, and it is incredible. Now, you have to reconcile this like with the Israelites. The first, second, and third commandments don't make any image, a graven image. So their culture would have been diametrically opposed to this. We understand about the Ark of the Covenant and Solomon's carvings in the temple, the embroideries on the veil, on and on. But overall, it's very... Uh, on a large scale, this, these type things just didn't happen. Boy, they've got a huge thing that looks like a massive Moses and the Ten Commandments standing up here. I'll read what it says. Great picture. Two immense stone stellas that recount Amenhotep III's achievements have been uh, re-erected in the Mortuary Temple's great peristyle court. Of course, a stele is just like a, a flat piece that has writing on it. It stands up. Workers Hoist has got another picture, one of the many statues of the lion-headed goddess Sekhmet, who were uncovered during excavations in the great peristyle court of Amenhotep III's mortuary temple. And of course, that upon all these gods of Egypt during the Exodus, God executed judgment. So let's continue reading. To date, the team has reconstructed part of the peristyle court, which was once adorned with two huge stone stelas, According to excuse me, recording Amenhotep III's accomplishments, as well as dozens of statues of the Pharaoh and sculptures depicting sphinxes and a crocodile, a hippopotamus, a falcon, which was very popular in uh, Egyptian mythology. As I turn the page here, um, gods and other deities, 
Now, I did want to say this as well about that, that so much archaeology is found on these stellas. Not these in particular, per se, but a lot of biblical archaeology, like the Merneptah Stilla and the Kirk monoliths and the um, just several of them. So they have also discovered hundreds of statues in the lion-headed goddess Sekhmet that once lined the court's walls and passageways. Discovering such a great number of representation of the goddess is extraordinary, explains Serasian. That our project would find so many was really a surprise, she says. Scholars continue to suggest why effigies of the goddess were present in such great numbers in Amenhotep's temples. Some suggest a plague may have ravaged Egypt at some point during his reign, or perhaps Amenhotep III himself was ill and needed Sekhmet's protection. Serasian says, because besides being a goddess who spreads illness, she also cures. Serasian, it's kind of like Asclepius in Greek, Serasian believes that the abundance of statues may have also had to do with Sekhmet and Amenhotep's shared close connection with the sun. After a 30-year reign, we know that this king celebrated his first jubilee, later two more. Talking about a worldwide jubilee. May have happened by the time you hear this. And when he does that, he is assimilated to Ra and becomes a sun god. And this is what Serasian said. Sekhmet is the manifestation of the daughter of Ra and lights fires to annihilate the enemies of the sun. So Menhotep surrounded himself with Sekhmets. You will find that the king made this monument to serve the gods to the ben be beneficial to them. Most important thing was to perform his piety. So he was claimed to be a manifestation of the sun god, and so the sun god's daughter is represented here as well. So we're going to stop there. So much more to talk about here. Please listen to our other podcast, not only on the channel, but in this series in particular from Archaeology Magazine, October, September 222. Just fascinating. God bless. We just did one, too, from Archaeology Magazine several weeks ago. On They found papyrus on the building of the Great Pyramid, which has totally revolutionized a lot of thought on that. So God bless. Thanks for being here. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.